get it. Hello and welcome. I'm Roberta Walker and this is Digging Deep. And I'm Michael Glassman. We're two landscape designers who've been working in the field for over 25 years. Through this podcast, Digging Deep, we'll bring to you our knowledge, our challenges, our foibles, our stories, and our ideas to help you create the most unique landscape for you and your family. So last week, we were talking about plant colors. And you might think, well, why are we talking about plant colors? We're talking about plant colors to introduce you to a whole new palette, a whole new idea of color for your landscape. And even though you may not be taking notes, just Listen along with us as we call out the plants that we know and use regularly in the color wheels that uh, we've been talking about. We, um, we've already gone over white blossoms, and we know we yellow. haven't covered But um, we've done yellow, like Michael said, and orange, and I believe we're on to... Red. 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 Now, I have clients that will sometimes say, um, I only want hot colors in my landscape, or I only want cool colors, or I only want a moon garden. And so, Michael, do you want to describe what a moon garden is? Everything is white. It's either green, gray, or white. Um, and the reason for that is a white garden or a moon garden, when, when things are in bloom or it's white flowers, when the moon is out, it reflects back and it, it's almost like it's got electric lights on it. And that's why they call it a moon garden because it reflects white, gray, and green, but especially gray and green, uh, white and gray reflect in the, in the um, light of the moon. And um, you might, you know, think, oh, okay, well, there was uh, the woman who actually, you could thank her for this style, is Vita Sackville West, who was a socialite in England, and they have a gorgeous place that's now a public garden called Sissinghurst. And ah, okay. she would go out, and she'd have, everyone, uh, have the gardeners light lanterns, because she would garden at night, and she created the moon garden, or put it together. So... Um, you could look up Sissinghurst and see even the wisteria is white. I don't know if we mentioned that, but um, wisteria also comes in white besides the bluey purple. Absolutely. And white is, white is really elegant. I mean, it does. It reflects the light, especially at night. And something so elegant about using a lot of white and also gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you could poke your colors in between. So, um, you know, you don't have to have a complete garden, although when I'm dealing with a very shady landscape, I try to make all my blooms white and very light. Because if you were to use dark colored, um, let's say, red ground roses in a shady, you know, shadier place, they just don't show up. I know, they die. And you're absolutely right. White kind of brings everything. I found sometimes uh, yellow also does that, but especially the white, the white, the reflection of the white flowers. Um, it's just, it, it's magical. It really is. It's magical. And then the, the hot colors, um, some people, that's what they like. They want the bold yellow and the orange and the burgundy and those are, and the reds, those are the hot colors. So as we, um, we just came out of the oranges, we're going to talk about red and then we're going to start sliding into the cooler colors again with the pinks and the purples. Right. So, Okay, well, the first red that comes to my mind is the geranium. Um, the, there's two different types of geranium. There's the pelargonium, which is the geraniums most people are 
uh, familiar with. Those are the, I always call them grandma geraniums because my grandma used to have them. <laughs> or the Martha Washington geranium. Or yes. the Martha Washington. The other geraniums are called Cranesbill, and they're uh, hardier and evergreen. And um, th I have one. No, I don't even know if I have a red one of the Cranesbill. But um, anyway, it's a, it's a different. They're, they're both geraniums, but we're talking about the Pelagonium right now with the red and the Martha Washington. And another good one, verbena. A red verbena is quite spectacular. It's a ground cover um, and um, it blooms. Hotter it gets, the more it blooms. And it also is relatively drought tolerant. And a red verbena is pretty spectacular. It's spectacular. And verbena also comes in different colors. But imagine if you start weaving bright red verbena with the deep purple. I mean, it's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Yeah. And speaking of which, um, there is a red clematis. Oh, I'm is, sure there must be. I don't know. Um, yeah, the clematis, um, it's a deciduous clematis, um, and it's, it's a red color, and it is absolutely beautiful. Um, when it's in bloom, it's vibrant. It's wonderful. It, it, um, they like shaded roots, but they like full sun. So if you put it in an area where the root system can be a little bit more protected, they'll do even better. Right, and they need trellising, heavy trellising. Those are vines, so uh, yes. make sure you you know you you get the nursery all set up for them. Um, okay, ground cover roses, fabulous. Um, there's red ground cover roses, and if you're going to use red ground roses, I would do multiples, not just one, to get the you know full effect. I love those. Um, there's one that's a single petal with a yellow center, and you're right. Or there's one that's called scarlet. It's a little bit of a different color red, but it's a double petal. And I have to say, I've got those in my yard and they're, they're indestructible. In fact, when we were redoing the yard, I had planted some before I redid the yard and I, I had spent the money, so I didn't want to get rid of them. So I dug them up and put them in a wheelbarrow and I forgot about them and the wheelbarrow sat on the side of the house. And when, it, when I discovered it again and I wanted to reuse them, here they had sat in a wheelbarrow literally for over a month um, and I had cut them all back and I thought, oh, they're all dead. Well, they weren't. I planted them. They not only came back, but they're blooming and they're they're like they're like ferocious. They're unbelievable how much color and how how hardy they are. So if anyone tells you that roses are are delicate, I'll tell you the ground cover, the floor carpet, especially the carlets, they're not delicate. They're not delicate, but we are talking about the West here. So if you're back east and you tried something like that, you may that's um such great results because a lot of my clients that originally from are from the eastern part of the United States are a little bit afraid of roses. They think they're too difficult, um, but not here. You know, the more temperate, um, they even take this heat that we have. It's crazy. And I had a client that bought three roses during the COVID and had them delivered. And then they had spider mites. So she left them out there and because you return them. And she said she's going to throw them out. And I said, no, no, there are trios. I, I took them and they looked horrible. They looked half dead. If not, one looked completely dead. But I've nursed all three back to health. And it's amazing. So they are, you're right. They're, they're very hardy. And, they're um, very hardy. And even back east, my sister has a, is a fanatic about roses. But she lives, I mean, she's lived in Wisconsin. She's lived in Iowa. And she tried, I mean, let's put it 
let's be honest, they're not going to look like they are like they do in California. But she grew them in Iowa. She also grew them in Wisconsin. What in the wintertime, she cut them back and put a cone over them and mulched them. And every spring they came back. Oh, yeah, they'll they'll do that. Yeah. All right. Um, another fabulous red bloomer. Of course, there's other colors is the peony. If you have never grown peonies, oh, they're stunning. Yeah, the red peony is spectacular. And, yeah. um, oh, they're, they're just amazing. And they grow almost wild back east. I mean, uh, in Wisconsin, in Iowa, in Pennsylvania. I mean, they're, they're just, they just, like, grow like wild. Oh, uh, that's, yeah. They're, they're amazing. And there's the bush peony that's a more bush form. And then there's the other peonies. But um, the red ones are beautiful. And then, of course, we go into salvia. Like mm -hmm. killer cranberry, um, which and is, hot lips, yeah, right. Hot lips, the salvias, the red salvias are just spectacular. They're spectacular, and um, there's also um, lobelia that looks like it's the um, cardinal flower. It it looks like a salvia, but it's it's red. It also it kind of looks like a cross, but yeah, I was gonna say a cross between a a penstemon, which there are red penstemon, and the um, and the salvia. So yeah, I I've tried the red pensman and I love it. It's it's vibrant. And I mean, if we're we're talking hardy and uh, for a red flower, that the red yucca is amazing. It is. Yeah, I've been I've used that quite a bit. The red yucca, um, which um, their stems will come up. I don't know, almost four feet high when they're blooming. Yep. Yep. And bloom, long term blooming. I mean, the, 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 the flowers last for months. Yeah, they do. And they're wonderful, especially in really hot locations against a wall. Um, they do. They do really well. OK, so let's see what else we have that's red. Oh, my gosh. I know there's uh, there's Coreopsis. Coreopsis, yep. Have red variety now. Oh, you know what's great? And let me tell you, this is a spreader. It's uh, Crocosmia. Um, it's, I know that one. Yeah, Crocosmia, I think the one I use is, it's either called Devil Red or Satan Red. I don't know. No, Lucifer. It's called Lucifer. But it's absolutely gorgeous. But it does spread. And then um, then you have a lot of them. But they're worth it. They're, they're very beautiful. Oh, Michael, if you haven't used them, you would love them. Oh, okay. Thank you. And, well, and of course... You know, for trees and, and everything, the red, the crepe myrtle, dynamite or red rocket. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Those are absolutely stunning. Um, the the, the uh, crepe myrtle umber, a uh, red umber. Um, again, those are vivid and really, really beautiful red flowers. Yes. And those are, again, those are for a warmer climate. Um, I noticed that in California here, we're in northern California, but as we head north, just an hour out of town, you know, on the way, let's say, up to Tahoe, there are no more crepe myrtles because I think it just, they, they freeze in the winter. Yeah, so. yeah, gets cold. Back east. And again, there's the, um, there's the carnation, uh, that, yes. which is in the Dianthus family. And um, even though they're biannuals, they are so sweet and wonderful. And I think they should, I should, I think they should have a resurgence because they've lost kind of, I think they lost sort of their popularity. I don't know why. Oh yeah. I, 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 you know, people think of them as old lady shrubs or old lady flowers, but carnations can be in the right place can be absolutely wonderful. Yeah, they can. Um, okay. Let's see. You know, you I know. Go to pink or you want to go to purple? 
Well, let's see. After red, uh, we could let's go pink. Okay. Pink is oh, also there are red poppies. Um, yes, Papa Bear Nudicale. I love the the, uh, the there's uh, you know there's all sorts of different varieties of poppies, and the red one is spectacular, yeah. including the opium poppy. Right. There's a whole new home business. <laughs> <laughs> Now that they're legalizing drugs in so many states. Might... I just have to tell you a very funny story real quickly. Okay. Years ago, we had done this beautiful, um, it was a half an acre a client bought and wanted to do a big duck pond. He wound up doing koi. And we had planted in the background big trees. It was kind of mounded with waterfall. It was beautiful. And for a ground cover, we thought, wouldn't it be neat? We hydro-seeded. Um, all sorts of oriental poppies. Mm -hmm. And when they, when they came up and they bloomed, and I'm not kidding, imagine just this, like, it, it was like a meadow of orange and red and the most beautiful poppies, pink poppies that you've ever seen. And it was, it was gorgeous. And in fact, everyone took pictures. It wound up in a magazine and everything. To make a long story short, the reason it was sad was the next spring he had hired someone that didn't know what they were doing to weed his yard. And the oh, person left all the weeds and pulled out all the poppies. So when what? it came to spring again, there was one poppy left. Oh, gosh. I know. Yeah, that well, we could talk about maintenance another time or hiring people to maintain this. There aren't a lot of people anymore um, besides mow and blow people that actually know how to garden. So, yeah, and they're allergic to weeding. They don't. Yeah. They understand about that yes what i say is they don't bend <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so we're on to are we on to pink we're on to pink so you can start with pink this is a good one so listen up okay, okay. Right. well there is there is a pink salvia you know we we you mentioned the red salvia but there is a pink salvia and that's very very pretty yes there are pink asters and I love those mm-hmm there is, if you want a shrub, kind of something smaller, that's an evergreen shrub that has beautiful pink flowers, is a dwarf Escalonia. Um, it's called Escalonia Newport Dwarf, and it's got these beautiful, it almost looks, the plant lo almost looks like a boxwood. It's got little teeny green, green leaves, but it has this beautiful tube-shaped, tiny, uh, hot pink flower that's wonderful. A shade-loving plant that blooms pink, also blooms white, I think we've mentioned, are astilbe. Love those. They have feathery tops. They're just beautiful. And if you have a shady garden, consider astilbes and hellebores and hostas. They're really, really lovely. Those are great. You had mentioned before the, the peony. Peony does come in uh, this magnificent pink. Oh, I mean, it's gorgeous. amazing pink. Uh, gorgeous. And, and they're scented as well. They're just... Beautiful. That's why in Japan, some of the most beautiful kimonos of the early times were embroidered with peony on them. Um, Virginia. If you've never used Virginia, it's a great ground cover. It blooms pink. The leaves, to me, look like cabbage leaves. Or lettuce. Yes, I love Virginia. I just think they're wonderful. So Virginia is a good one. And... Bleeding heart. Have you ever grown bleeding? Oh, I love those. Dicentra, yeah, that's those. for deep shade. That um, that's a really, really pretty one. Um, and and it's it it infuses a lot of interesting interest and color, especially for a shade garden. Mm -hmm. And then back out in the heat again. There's the um, Onathera, which is evening primrose, pink flowers. Yeah. 
Great yes. stone cover. And you know how I love to use them? I love to plant these and let them take off under roses because the roses have the big blooms above and then there's a carpet of pink uh, Mexican primrose underneath. Oh, that would be pretty. You know, it has another good ground cover. People don't use a lot of it that has a beautiful pink flower. It's called prunella. Yeah, well, it's hard to find, I think, don't you? Yeah, it is. It, there are not a lot of places that, you know, you can go to a specialty place, you know, that has unusual ground covers. And as I said, if you find it, it's really, really pretty. It's also, did, have you also used polygona? Polygala. Poly yeah, uh-huh, I have. Um, but I've not been successful letting it take off. I think my soil's a little too clay. Yeah. Yeah, but I do, I also, um, I use pulmonium as well. Pulmonium has little pink and purple flowers. That's wonderful, and spotted leaves. It's really nice. Oh, I've used it, yeah, and spirea. Spirea has pink Spirea flowers. has beautiful yeah. uh, pink flowers. Mm -hmm. And the Cranesville geraniums, lots yep. of our ladies have the um, pink flowers. And of course, we all know hydrangeas. Hydrangeas, right. Um, yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous pink flowers. Um, there are camellias. Oh, camellias too. Oh, yes. Well, camellias are white. There's red, there's pink, and then there's right. the uh, peppermint stripe, you know, as well. And if you're going down that road, we can also mention the azalea. Right. Azaleas have pink as well. Um, hibiscus. And yeah. now there's the hibiscus that's the tropical. And there's also the hibiscus that's, uh, I think it's called Syracuse, that takes the heat. Yes. Virtuous, um, but it's wonderful. And people call it Rose of Sharon for common name. Rose that's Purple coneflower, there's pink available now with echinacea. Oh, okay. Yes. I, I, yes, I have seen that. Mm -hmm. Oh, and um, there's pincushion comes in pink or purple. Oh, I've never seen the pink. Oh, yeah. They're, they're pretty. I think there's a white, too. And then Gara. Gara. Oh, Gara is really wonderful. That the the pink is beautiful. Um, you have to keep it cut back because mm -hmm. it grows like a weed. But you're right. Gara is a wonderful plant. Yeah, and that comes in white as well. So it's white or pink. Um, and it's 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 really something. Oh, and you know, uh, one of my favorite spring bloomers is the digitalis, which is foxglove. I love that. And you're right. Digitalis, the pink. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful. So yeah, and I always do those in mass as well. Um, lupins come in all different colors. There's pink. Yes, purple. yes, yes, there is. And let's see, I already said chrysanthemums and, um, oh, agapanthus. I has a kind of a. I've uh, never seen that. Well, they, they go from white to some are light pink, uh, lighter pinky purple to a deep, now they've got dark purple, which is the newer hybrids, um, as well as Tulbagia. So, you know, you might argue between pink and purple, but since we're heading into purple, we, I figure we could go there. <laughs> That's great. In fact, let's, since we're, we're running out of some time, let's go to purple. Let's go to purple. You start. Um, Scabiosa, the pin cushion. I love the color of that. And that is a purple. Scabiosa, Scavola, which is purple fan flower. Love it. Love that. That's gorgeous. And there's lavender. Yeah, of course, lavender. Lavender, and there's a lot of salvias. Uh, the Gorgoneticas, the Mexican sage, the salvia lucantha, 
gorgeous purple. They're blooming right now. I, that's what I love about it. Right before Thanksgiving, they're blooming. The, and the Salvia Lucantha, there's a new variety called Santa Barbara that's a dwarf version, so it doesn't get as tall. Oh. It stays at about 16 to 24 inches tall, and oh. it's beautiful. But blooms, you're absolutely right. The Santa Barbara, um, the Salvia, is just amazing. It's amazing. Another plant that I use quite often is Limonium, which is sea lavender. Um, I love that. Yeah, and if, you, if you're not familiar with that, listeners, it's also it's part of the status um, family. So when they're blooming, you could cut them, turn them upside down, and they're forever. They're forever flowers. Like, right, you know. and they dry. And if we're going to be talking about purple, again, there's there's a clematis. There's a um, oh, yeah. clematis. It's called Jackmanite. Oh, no. my God. If you want to talk about purple, that is spectacular. And they're big. They're almost the size of your hand when they yes. bloom. So it's really something. There is also, I mean, the biggest weed. Um, it's a vine, but if you want to talk about purple flowers, the the um, morning glory. Yeah, I put me a, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, for for people, you know, it it's invasive. It's a weed. It takes over. But you, when it blooms, I'll tell you, there's nothing more spectacular than the flowers. I know they're beautiful. I know, and in the spring, um, on my route uh, to get to the freeway, there's this telephone pole, and each spring. That morning glory is up 50 feet, you know. It's oh, just yeah. All the way up there. In, in uh, Northern California, the only blessing about the morning glory is that it, it uh, dies back in the, in, when it gets cold. If not, it probably would cover over every house, every fence, every road. I mean, that's how fast it grows. We'd be living in a hamlet, yeah. Right. Wisteria is another wonderful purple flower. Oh. And another very vigorous grower. So that, too, needs really strong support. Yes, absolutely. Russian sage. Oh, yeah. The Russian sage is spectacular. And, you know, we, and we have... Going, are, we, are we including some blue? Yeah, go ahead. Um, how about plumbago? I love plumbago. Now, plumbago is not something you can grow in the east. It's just would not be a perennial there. Um, it's also invasive in um, Hawaii, as is Tibachina, princess flower, which has that deep, gorgeous purple flower. I love those. And I have to say, um, my in-laws live in Marin County and they, you know, so it doesn't get so cold. But I will tell you, I mean, in in an environment like if, if any of our listeners are back east and they happen to hear us, um, treat it like an annual. But Tibuchina, the princess flower, is magnificent. So, I mean, if you love purple and it's and the leaves are velvety and you're going into, unless you have a greenhouse, just treat it like an annual. Grow it for spring and summer and then expect to replant it every year. Yeah, yeah, unless, unless you cover it, like, um, like Michael said. Oh my gosh, there's so many flowers of different color. And so, you know, we're, I guess because we haven't covered all of them, because we're mainly familiar with what grows in um, our zone and the zones around us, you are welcome to chime in on our website, which is um, www.blueberry.net, um, but drop the E's, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, B-R-R-Y. And if you happen to have questions, we would love to answer your questions. Yes, we would. And next week, since we've talked about flowers like this, all the different colors, next week we're going to talk about combinations. So if you're going to if you're going to tune in, bring a pencil and paper because 
so many people love um, love to plant pots and they get disappointed because they'll put everything in that looks pretty and then when they're done blooming, it's done. So we'll give you some tips on, you know, the different plant combinations. And we call it and plant also marriages. Plant marriages, right. And uh, that's important. It's just like your own. Be happy. Exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to have plant divorces. You have plant divorces. You know what that looks like? It looks like, you know, whatever's hanging over the edge, not looking too good. It gets cut out. And, <laughs> and it gets away. cut yeah. out, right. No alimony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you for joining us um, all about flowers. It's nice to talk about that as we all head into winter. Yes, I'm Michael Glassman. And I'm Roberta Walker, and we are Digging Deep. deep.